0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today we celebrate Low Sunday or Dominica in Albis. It's believed that in the early church, today was the Sunday after Easter, and the Neophytes, the newly baptized, would remove, if you will, their white garments. In this octave of celebration, it's also known by the beginning of the introit, it's Quasimodo Sunday. When our Lord appeared to St. Faustina in Poland, he asked that she be the secretary of his mercy and spread throughout the world trust in his divine mercy. So it's always good to reflect on the reasons why we can and should trust our blessed Lord and why today, either known as Low Sunday or Divine Mercy Sunday, the prayers of the liturgy, the text of scripture, remind us of the great power that God has to set us free. And if we receive that gift, we trust him. Recently, all over the media were video linked of the poor doctor dragged off of a United Airlines flight after the airlines overbooked the flight and randomly began picking uh, customers to be volunteered to leave the plane. Everyone was probably a bit scandalized without knowing more of the story about this poor man being dragged off of a plane after he paid for the ticket, And it seemed to be an unfortunate example of the pains of modern life, even an injustice for a person who had a right to be on that plane. When we think of our life and our goals, hopefully our goal ultimately is to get to heaven, but perhaps on earth we're more interested in getting to our vacation destination, whether it's to go to a villa in Tuscany or the Fiji Islands or even to go to Disney World. We're thinking, I want to get there, but we're either stuck on a plane where we're afraid we're going to get yanked off, or we're stuck in traffic on 95 and we're just hoping that we're going to get there and to be able to enjoy ourselves. But it's even harder then to believe that as children, as sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, that we're called into a kingdom we don't know much about, to know a Savior who we don't often hear very easily or see. And yet, no matter how hard we may pray, how hard we may work, how much we try to do everything right, there could be times in life where we feel like We've been dragged off of the plane. We've done everything right, and yet we suffer injustice, or we carry a very bitter cross, or we have difficulties in our relationships, or we suffer with an addiction, and we wonder whether it is worth it. The saints often reflect that if God could choose someone weaker than them, they would. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, St. Teresa of Calcutta, the Little Flower, St. Therese, St. Faustina, they have similar observations. If God could have picked someone weaker, he would have. And for a long time, I kind of said, yeah, that's nice. (laughs) Um, They say that, but are they really big sinners? Are they really people who struggle in the world like we do? Is this just a pious devotion? But no, the saints are people just like us. If you like underdog stories, or if you like rags to riches stories as a good American, we often like to see someone who seems unsuited for the task or not properly equipped for something to achieve a great victory, whether it's in sports or life or money. And we enjoy seeing someone who seems an underdog to win. And God enjoys this too, and I think that's why he places this admiration in our heart. That he chooses weak people, he makes us part of his team, he equips us for what seems to be an impossible task. And yet we still struggle in our interior life, our life of prayer. Can we really trust God? How do we know? Two things come to mind. One is our Lord's passion. When we look at our Lord's passion, we with finite intellects try to understand what is going on here. And there's always dangers that with our limited brains, we try our limited intellect, we try to uh, wrap our brain around what's going on. When St. Augustine was walking along the seashore and he found the little boy uh, digging a hole in the sand with a seashell and putting water in it, and he asked the boy, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to put the ocean into this hole. St. Augustine found him, he was trying to contemplate the Trinity, and he said, that's impossible, you can't do that. And he said, not as impossible as what you're trying to do, and he disappeared. The idea that we could try to understand an infinite God is an impossible task, so when we try to understand our Lord's passion, it's almost mind-blowing to contemplate the fact that our Lord goes into his passion to rescue us from our misery— in a world where we like to grasp for success, where we try to achieve the best, where we want to be the best we can, it's counterintuitive to draw, be drawn to our weakness, to come before anyone, let alone those we love the most, and say, I'm a wretched sinner. I'm, I'm full of misery. I have all these problems. Now we want to say, look what I've done. Look what I've achieved. Look what I've overcome. But the irony is that God in his <laughs> divine providence is most drawn to us in our weakness. He wants to come to us in our misery, and he's drawn to it like a magnet. If you and I were wealthy benefactors and ran the most amazing hospital, and we could go into the streets and find people sick and addicted and wounded and lonely and isolated, in our altruistic goodness, we'd want to find people who are basket case, who are a real mess, who we could help. But when it's our turn to be the basket case or the mess and to say to our Lord, I am really miserable and I can't get out of this mess, it is so hard. And it's hard to believe that he really wants to help us, but he does. At one point he said to St. Faustina in the 1930s, he said, What more can I do to prove to you that I love you? I died for you. And to contemplate this reality of a God who is infinitely just and infinitely merciful— and who wants to satisfy his justice with his own son in order to pay my price for my sins is something that is almost impossible to really understand. But every year on Los Sunday, we hear these readings about what our Lord did when he rose from the dead. He doesn't condemn his friends who abandoned him. He doesn't say, even with compassion, what gives? Why did you leave me alone? Rather, he says, peace be with you. Calm down. I am here with you. Even when we're on the ocean and the storms are raging in our boat and we feel like we're going to capsize, if we could go down about a thousand feet, the ocean is calm and tranquil. And our Lord wanted to give this calmness, this strength of character, this peace that only the Spirit can give to his apostles. So he gives them this great gift. It's not at Pentecost, but today when we celebrate the first gift of the Holy Spirit to the church, when he says, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, whose sins you hold bound are held bound. To be set free from sin makes us a recipient of the greatest gift of the Christian, which is joy. The possession of joy is not a passing happiness, and joy can be ours even in the midst of great suffering and great anguish, because deep within the turmoil of our hearts and our lives at the core of our being, we can know that we have been set free by an infinite love, a tender mercy, whose only desire is to heal us and strengthen us and lift us up. So today we pray not only for ourselves, but for all who are dear to us, for those who don't know the Lord, who reject a straw man of what they think God is like, who've walked away from the faith, that we can be those most convinced customers and the best of salespeople in our apostolate, that we will bring people to the Lord through his infinite mercy, that our sins can be placed into the ocean of his mercy and disappear, that we can come to the foot of the altar and receive him in the most blessed sacrament and when we need to be healed once again in the tribunal of mercy at his sacred heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.